I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I saved this topic uh, for when you joined us on the program because I think think it could create a, a really interesting conversation between the three of us. Fritz Pollard group, of, of course, and folks listening in, Fritz Pollard and, and their, their foundation and their organization uh, has been uh, implemented to, to make sure that minorities have a fair shot, a fair chance of, um, of getting the, the, the opportunities that one would, uh, of course, uh, be entitled to in, in coaching and executive positions throughout the NFL. And they're a great organization. Harry Carson, who's a very dear friend of mine, he's a big part of the Fritz Pollard group, so I know a lot about it. They are investigating the Jeff Saturday hire for the Colts. Um, so with that being said, Kiwi, I'd like to start with you because I know you're very passionate about this and, and just want to kind of get your thoughts in regard to the fact that the Fritz, you know, the, the NFL is not in, investigating, right? Like the Fritz Pollard group is investigating. Uh, your, your thoughts on, uh, on the hiring of Jeff Saturday. Again, we've, we've established that, you know, we love the man dearly. Uh, but in regard to this day and age where uh, lack of, of minority representation in the head coaching uh, realms is is few and far between. So your your thoughts with the news that the Fritz Pollard group is going to investigate? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing to, to shed light on it. I believe in the organization and, and the work that they do. I, I wonder how much access they'll have to the information that they're going to need. And like you said, two things can be true at the same time. You know, the consensus is, and myself too, everybody loves Jeff Saturday. Everybody's a, like, appreciative of the fact that he got the opportunity. However, it does point out that not all discrimination is necessarily um, intentional, right? So there's a certain amount of privilege that comes with being of the same color, creed, religion as people who are in ownership positions because we as human beings generally tend to you know lean towards and and be around and associate with and give opportunities to people who look dress and sound like us who we can relate to and you see the same thing played out you know in all different levels of the NFL you know the the makeup of the NFL player wise is largely african-american however there is zero representation at the ownership level and minimal representation at the executive level and that needs to change and the only way that that is going to change is from people on the outside shedding light on exactly what's happening doesn't always have to mean that something intentional or malicious or um you know uh was was intended but there is a certain amount of privilege that comes along with just being born a certain color and that's that's where i think the problem lies is that people don't understand that there are capable very intelligent very um well-suited individuals who could fill these roles and who just won't be given that opportunity because they're just not invited to the cookout mike yeah, um, well, that's really well said. Um, yeah, I'll take a short-term and a long-term view. You know, just the way the rule is written, um, whether it's right or wrong, 
the Rooney Rule procedures don't apply to an interim coach. So Steve Wilkes in Carolina, Jeff Saturday in Indianapolis, you know, whomever it may be, uh, those rules just don't apply um, to the interim uh, head coach situation, which I think moving forward they should change that because if you have to hire an interim head coach and it takes you another 12 to 24 hours to interview you know, a more diverse group of candidates, that's not going to hurt the team. Um, so that's, to me, like one quick, small, easy fix. I think the more fundamental change, um, and I'm uh, privileged to teach a class at Columbia University in their School of Professional Studies, and uh, we teach a class in uh, the business of the NFL in the last two years. We've studied the ineffectiveness of the Rooney Rule while well-intentioned, and something that we've suggested to the league, and, and certainly our, our students have talked about more than once, is if we look at the hiring process at the entry level, hopefully over the next five, 10 years, that could help really serve the problem where I look at the Rooney rule, like it's trying to like put a bandaid on like what the problem is, you know, at one end of the spectrum. But if we work much harder and deliberately at the beginning process and try to have a much more diverse group of people getting entry level jobs in theory over the next three to five years, those people will ascend naturally in the pipeline and, should level out the playing field and make those jobs uh, much more competitive in terms of like who's getting those jobs. And if more focus was put on the front end of the spectrum, I, I think we'd see different results again, not overnight, but in the coming years. Yeah. That, that's why I, I was trying to make sure I pointed out that not all discrimination is intentional, you know, and I, I appreciate that the Rooney rule was established, but I also don't think that you're going to be able to force, you know, uh, gentlemen, you know, men and whoever's in that position to do something that they don't want to do. So what I'm trying to say is like, let's open up the conversation to make people aware of the discrimination or the, the privilege that they have you know, just by fault, you know, just because they were born a certain, you know, in a certain certain situation, whether it's color, religion or or whatever it is. I, I think instead of always villainizing people and say, hey, they 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 did this on purpose. They did this intentional. I want to go after the, the people who don't even realize that they are being discriminatory just based on how they they manage their network, you know, and and. and point out and give them an opportunity to go outside and bring some people who don't look like them, who don't sound like them into their network and sit with them and have a meal, drink a glass of wine and, and get to know and understand somebody that you otherwise wouldn't be feel comfortable bringing into your circle. That's, that's where, that's where I'm at with this one, because I do understand. Yeah. The, the Rooney rule does not apply here. I get it. I completely understand that. Um, but if you don't even realize that you're being discriminatory, if you don't even understand the opportunities that you've been afforded and the privilege you've been afforded, then there's not going to be an emphasis to go out and try to make any changes. And we all love the game and we all enjoy watching all these players go out week after week and sacrifice their bodies. There's a lot of guys on these fields who are very intelligent, who, who have the capability, you know, to rise up the ranks, as you said, and the, all they need is an opportunity. And without those opportunities, um, you know, it's just going to be more of the same. And so, um, yes, there is a time to, to stand up, be strong and to and to to try to force the hand. You know, in this case, I think this is a time to, to educate people who genuinely may think that they didn't do anything wrong, but just don't understand the privilege that they have. 
Um, it will be interesting to see how this, this all unfolds. Some other news this week, um, the Eagles, they lose. So no longer is there a team undefeated in the NFL. Mike, in, in your experience, um, and, and Kiwi and I were talking about this earlier, you know, in the grand scheme of things, better for an Eagles team moving forward, trying to win a Super Bowl and not balancing out the, the drama and expectation and pressure of going undefeated. So as, as like a, a former general manager, if you were the general manager, if you were Howie and you were the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, of course, you never want to see yourself lose, but like a sigh of relief, like, okay, that's behind us now. Uh, I don't think so. I, I know some people may, you know, a bit about that in terms of like, hey, now like the pressure's off. You know, Kiwi knows like we're in a one week at a time business. I think he had, Howie Roseman had an outstanding week and here's why. We saw Washington run up and down the field against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They're at, without their really productive first-round pick, Jordan Davis, defense tackle out of University of Georgia. And you know every other team's going to say, okay, here's the formula to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to run the ball, control the clock, keep Jalen Hurts and that great offense on the sideline. So what did they do? They went out and signed out one but two defensive tackles, Linville, Joseph, and Indominus Sue. I'm pretty sure I need a, I have good sources that said they try to sign Matthias Kiwanuka, but he was going to have to take a pay cut and get a radio contract. Right, so right. They, they, they wouldn't let him out of it. But the po- uh, I'm busy coaching but flag the point football. Is, which which means which means I'm in the I'm in the running for a head coaching job at some point. Yeah. Oh, well played. <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, and Kiwi knows this as a former player. Like when a front office and an organization goes out and says, "Hey, like we are trying to win right now," and they're trying to throw resources out of problem. That's a great week. So message was heard, and they try to sell it. Now, look, Linville Joseph and Keith, uh, Sue may not work out, but the point is like. They're trying, and that is a meaningful sort of message this time of year to say, hey, we're going to have to go beat Dalvin Cook. We're going to have to go beat Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott or Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's our competition in the NFC, and we don't want this Achilles heel to be the thing that sends us home. Uh, and last but not least, Deshaun Watson back at practice this week. Uh, how, how, how difficult of, of a balance is that, right? Like, he's expected to start week 13 against the Texans, but – you know, you also want to get Jacoby Brissett because he's got a big game going up against the Buffalo Bills this week. So, you know, how, how difficult is that to balance that practice, knowing that you've got to get Deshaun Watson up to speed, ready to go to start week 13, but you've got another quarterback who's starting this week against the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, it's a, boy, that's a simple question, and, and there's so much to unpack there. You know, again, like, we're, we're moving forward from a, you know, a very tragic story where there was a number of women that are, are victims, right, that have alleged very serious, you know, sexual misconduct by Deshaun Watson. Uh, but now as we move forward to the football part of it, Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in almost two years. And I don't care who you are. Like, he's a great player. I think there's going to be rush there. Jacoby Brissett's played good football. I, I evaluate Jacoby Brissett as about a top 40 quarterback on the planet, meaning maybe he's not your ideal starter, but gosh, you can win a lot of games with him. You go back a week ago, guys, he played good against the Dolphins. You realize the Dolphins' offense was never stopped. They never punted. And that Brown defense has been terrible. So, to me, you know, the focus should really be on solving that side of the ball, and everything else will take care of itself from there. So, I think you get him ready like any other player coming off of a suspension or injury, and you just try to get back to normal to the extent you can as quickly as possible. And last but not least, uh, Kiwi and I were talking about this just a second ago. Uh, reports are that Najee Harris is going to get the quote-unquote bulk of the carries. Ian Rappaport is reporting this. 
which is really perplexing to me. Listen, it's not a small sample size. We're heading into week 11, and Jalen Warren uh, is, is averaging seven yards per carry, Mike. Seven yards per carry. And he doesn't get a lot of chances. But when he does, dude crushes it. But yet, this is a Steelers team that still is committed to Najee Harris, who's dealing with a foot injury. You know, and, and, and Warren, of course, you know, undrafted rookie comes in, uh, outshines Najee in training camp, outshines him so far this season in the first 10 weeks, but still a team reluctant to go to him and make him their lead back. Uh, you know, at, at what point in time does a general manager say, you know what, okay, I, I might have a little egg on my face, but, um, you know, we got to go with the better back. Yeah, and look, Mike Thomas, a Hall of Fame coach for a reason. He'll play the best players. I'm a little surprised by you know, the reporting. And over time, if Jalen Warren's the best player, I fully expect him to play. Like, they have been dogmatic in their approach in the most positive way. Like, they go by what they see. And uh, outside of Bill Belichick and maybe Andy Reid, it's hard to say that someone's done a better job than Mike Tomlin over the last decade. So I would trust him. And I think at some point, Anita, like, I would think, you know, the meritocracy would win out. I hope so. Um, he is Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. When we come back, we'll have Mike's Bomb of the Week, and then we will start doing our deep dive into both the Giants and the Jets matchups today, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The bomb is about to be dropped. It's Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. It's time for Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week, brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. With that being said, Mike, give it to us. Well, you know, this is the spirit of uh, Thanksgiving and and giving. So I'm going to give you guys two, all for the price of one. I'm going to give you guys two Buffalo Bill wins in the city of Detroit in five days. They're going to beat the aforementioned Cleveland Browns today. And just a few subsequent days from now, they're going to go back and beat Detroit as well. So I think this is the time of year that the Bills are going to reassert their dominance in the AFC East, despite um, having some of their setbacks in the last couple of weeks and the improvement of the Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots. I like the Bills today. I like the Bills on Thursday. Okay. Um, you know, let's, like let's it. start actually, let's start right there in regard to you're talking about Thanksgiving. So let's start talking about the giants first and foremost, you know, a lot of people are a little perplexed in regard to why the giants are just favored by three at home against this Detroit lions team. And a number of odds makers are anticipating short work week, obviously going up against the divisional opponent in the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, 
very well. This is a Giants team that could be underestimating this Detroit Lions team. Um, you know, what's, what's your philosophy behind that and, and, and how you know Brian Dable and this coaching staff could counter it? Well, just in terms of, like, this matchup today, like, the, the thing that's just, uh, really uh, is different for me in this game that is the Detroit line passing game. I believe Jordan Renan had it that this is the first time that the Giant defense is facing a top-10 passing offense. So we've seen a great improvement in this defense and team overall, but I think this is the week in either that we're going to really know how good this Giant defense is, and they've been obviously very complimentary to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, but that's the part of the matchup that I'm really interested in seeing is Brian Dayball, the head coach, the strategist. What does their offense look like if they have to score a bunch of points to win? Continuing the conversation about Daniel Jones and you know whether or not he should be played, we had a caller on earlier, and Anita almost lost it on him when he was asking, you know, saying that you know he still needed to see more from Daniel Jones. What are what are your thoughts at this point? Let's revisit that conversation. How is Daniel Jones in terms of uh, preparing or setting himself up for an extension? Yeah, you know it's interesting because you know some people have compared Daniel Jones to Chad Pennington, right? Where they see him as a really good quarterback, but not great quarterback. And he's a better athlete than Chad Pennington. And I would say that he's a guy that would probably be more value when he's not here. And specifically is, look, to the Giants credit guys, they've already won more games than they'll have a chance of getting Bryce Young, Will Levis, or C.J. Stroud next year's draft. So who's your starting quarterback if you don't pay Daniel Jones? And my point is, like, do both. You know, the year that Washington drafted RG3, they drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. We all know that, how that played out. So all my point is, like, just because you signed Daniel Jones to a two- or three-year extension, that doesn't mean you're, you're just going to put your feet up and, you know, go on, on away on a vacation. You know, you're going to keep working hard, and you're going to keep looking for another quarterback. So I don't see at this point how in good conscience you could let either Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones leave the building. Uh, in, in regard to, and I'm just going to pick up where, where Kiwi left off, like, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, how great Daniel Jones has done. Obviously, the star that stirs, the, the straw that stirs this drink is, is uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, and there's a, there's a number of people out there, and, and especially in Kiwi, because we've had this conversation before on the show, that, you know, the Giants should not tag uh, Saquon Barkley because of what he's meant to this offense. But, you know, when, when you are so so strapped... Um, with, with the cap space and, and whatnot, like how do, how do you maneuver between what would you do, Mike, wanting to keep both Saquon and and Daniel Jones and not you know upsetting the apple cart in that locker room with players who are like, you better take care of our guy, you better take care of Barkley. How how do you maneuver that? Yeah, that's really easy for me. I sit down with both guys, and you know, I'd say at the end of the year, like you're going to be here. And you have options as a free agent, and the organization has uh, options in terms of signing players, tagging them. So before you guys go in, you're, you know, Kiwi, you guys go on these exotic vacations, you know, cruises, safaris all over the world, you know, like where we're grinding in the front offshoot you players, you know, you're all over the world. We're putting in the hard work in January and February. But I am telling them you're not going anywhere, and I'm ending every single sentence, guys, like, we can franchise you. And we're not saying that in a mean-spirited way. We're saying that as you have options, we have options. And you're too good of a player, you're too high character, and you're going to be here. And I would just play one off against the other and hopefully get both done to at least, you know, three-year extensions. Because, again, like, I just think the narrative around this team, guys, has changed. Like, they're, they're a good football team. And those are good players that if they leave the building, 
while it may be, you know, I understand you do create some tension with a franchise tag. You know what, Kiwi, like, you know this, you let a good player who's a great guy walk out the door, that's even worse. Yeah, but, yeah, so worst case scenario is you let him walk out the door. But are are you aware in that situation of what happens to a locker room when they see the workhorse, when they see the guy who gets pushed up in front of the cameras and who's literally leading the league and carrying this team on his back, not be treated the way that they think they should, you know, like, you know, when you talk about a Kadarius Tony situation, like, is, does that register in the front office as why there could be some contention from other players? Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And like, look, there's a fine line there. Cause look, you want players to be happy and fulfilled and, and treated fairly. And look, like you've been there, like, you know, John Maris beyond reproach. Like if you're a New York giant, you're Absolutely. getting treated well. Like now, Absolutely. now that doesn't mean every, every player or coach is going to get exactly what they want in every negotiation. And I would just mm-hmm. emphasize that. Look, if Saquon Barkley is playing on the tag next year, like, you know, like that, it is what it is. Like he's getting paid one of the five highest paid running backs. Like we, we don't have to have a big sale for him. You know, like that's just the reality <laughs> of the business. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean like we're bad human beings. It means we just couldn't get a deal done. So uh, the, both those guys are not leaving the building. Like I, I, I couldn't emphasize that enough to both of them and their agents and just look them dead in the eye and say, you guys are really good players. Like you can make a, a real argument that Saquon Barkley should be in the MVP conversation when you factor in his three down value. And what I mean by that is he is so important to what they do, not just running, receiving his pass blocking's gotten better. Where would this team be without him? Yeah, but there's there's a huge difference between, you know, being franchised. I mean, not, not a lot of people can go the Julius Peppers route, you know, and remain healthy and get franchised year after year. As a running back, you know, at his age, there's only a limited amount of time that he has left, and we're all aware of that. So it's definitely not in his best interest to continue playing without receiving a long-term deal. That's 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 where I'm I'm coming from. We all we all know it. We get it, right? The shelf life for NFL players is short, and at that position, it's even shorter. And the Giants have historically been the type of team, and I experienced it that that does right by the players as best that they that they can you know they don't they're not just throwing money at everybody but they try as hard as they can i can honestly say and defend that um after being in that organization for nine years that they try to um to take care of the guys who um who help them not just have success on the field but who are good individuals and i feel like he's a good individual he deserves to have his contract um, extended so he can have some peace so that he, when he's on that vacation, you know, doing his safari in Uganda, if he decides to go, he doesn't have to <laughs> necessarily have all those worries in his head and it allow him to play free and, and play clear. Because the other side of it is, you know, when guys are, you know, you know, whether they're injured or not, when they're, when they're not on the field and they're expected to, everybody gets, you know, torn apart like everybody's up in arms why isn't he playing why isn't he doing this and that but you know how it is it's it's a hundred percent injury rate very short careers you don't have a lot of time and you have to maximize your potential financially when you can and i just i just i I don't know it just doesn't sit well with me and and i would like for it to get done i just always wonder like if if the front office considers the fact that that now becomes the talk in the locker room and in the the dining hall, and it takes away from everybody doing their best work on the field. Yeah, Kiwi, you know what's interesting about that? One of the many lessons Coach Belichick taught me was, uh, and and this is more of a guy like, no one's ever going to be perfect with this, but 
generally speaking, if you look at Coach Belichick's career over you know whatever it is now, 30, 30 years or whatever, more times than not, he wants the highest paid player in the position room to be homegrown. And again, that's not perfect, and that's not to say it's happened 100% of the time, but for the reasons you just stated really articulately, Coach Belichick would say one of the ways to ameliorate those problems is to sort of make sure that each room's rewarded with the best player or the highest paid mm-hmm. player being homegrown. Mm-hmm. Cause it's more than just what they do on the field. You know, it's, it's, it's when you have a player who's bought into the, the giants way and they're the guy who let's be honest, money talks. If you bring a guy in and you give him a significant amount of money, he has um, a significant amount of say so in that room and just how things operate, you know, people tend to, you know, emulate them and they're trying to get to that level. So they're going to say, Hey, look, if he's doing this and he got there, then that's what I should be doing. So you need to have, you know, those good character, but good talented guys in those rooms. I agree with that hundred percent. Um, doesn't necessarily, I don't think it always would have to be homegrown. I think it would just have to be, um, uh, the player who demonstrates the best qualities on and off the field. Uh, gentlemen, uh, there's some news on Odell Beckham Jr. Adam Schefter today is reporting that he's going to make uh, a few visits to a few franchises post-Thanksgiving, the Giants being one of them, the Dallas Cowboys being another. Another. Let's dive into that when we get back. Also, um, Zach Wilson, really, really big day, big afternoon uh, that can change a lot of narratives on his behalf against this Patriots defense. Can he do it? Uh, we'll hear from Mike Tannenbaum uh, in, in regard to that and get his opinion. So a lot more coming your way. Nita Marks, M- Matthias Kimanuka, Mark Tannenbaum. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Mike, want to give you your opportunity to chime in on this. Odell Beckham Jr. expected to uh, wait until after Thanksgiving to pick his team. Uh, he's going to travel around and, and meet with a few teams, uh, and it's being reported that he's definitely going to meet with the Giants and he's definitely going to meet with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, your thoughts on a team adding Odell Beckham Jr. to their roster? Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. You know, we talked earlier about um, Philadelphia signing Linville Joseph and Indomitian Sue. This time of year, post-trade deadline, it's hard to – help your team and here's a just a really unique search uh, circumstance where you can go get somebody like OBJ and look I understand he's coming off of an ACL I don't want to minimize it but the last time we saw him on the field he was the best football player on the field in the Super Bowl including Aaron Donald including Matt Stafford Joe Burrow Jamar Chase he was the best player and 
I would have signed him three weeks ago because I've had an experience of signing players who are hurt. You want to get them in your building so you can mm-hmm. make sure that the rehab's going exactly how it should. But more fundamentally than just that is they're in meetings, they're in walkthroughs, they're learning the nuances and the intricacies of the offense. So whenever he's clear to play, it gives him his best chance possible to maximize his ability. And boy, what a shot in the arm he'd be for whatever it is, Dallas, the Giants, you know, whomever it may be. And when you're sitting there, I've been there, like you're climbing the walls, like you're playing these hugely consequential games. We all get into this business because we're team-oriented people. We're highly competitive, and you're you're like, all right, like what can we do to help ourselves? And here's a guy like OBJ who's a great player. He just turned 30, and again, I get it. It's another ACL, but gosh, whatever he has, you don't think he's better than Noah Brown? You don't think he's better than Kenny Galladay? Like, go get him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody wants to be – the coach who's not prepared when OBJ steps on the field. So I, I, I agree with you 100%. Sign him up, and, and he can add value to the team. I, I like your perspective in terms of getting them in earlier, even if they're injured, so that they can start understanding and learning because that could um, help propel them You know, when they do get on the field. New York Game Day on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by FW Webb and Will McLean. Turn to one of FW Webb's 100-plus locations. For unparalleled Will McLean inventory, visit fwweb.com to find a, a convenient location near you. Also brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Make sure to grab a Tullamore Dew during tonight's action. Tonight, you've got the Chargers, of course, going up against Kansas City. That's going to be a fun game. Remember, when it's Tully time, uh, it's game time. Please enjoy responsibly. Also brought to you by Weissman Bourbon from Kentucky Owl. Again, please enjoy responsibly. All right, um, Zach Wilson going up against the Patriots. Bill Belichick, you know this organization extremely well. Last time Zach Wilson went up against his team, three interceptions. Again, Kiwi and I have been talking about it all show long. If they just don't turn the ball over, let the defense do their thing, chances are the Jets have a really good shot of, of winning this bad boy. Um, your thoughts, your expectations on Zach today, Mike? Uh, they're, they're not great. Um, I think this is a really low-scoring game, mm-hmm. and I think Zach Wilson has seven interceptions against the, the Patriots. I mean, that's it's unbelievable. And, it, you know, the Jets are having a great season, and, you know, they have this huge win against Buffalo guys, right? And mm-hmm. their defense by any metric is outstanding. And what do they say about the quarterback after the game? Go read the quotes. Oh, he did great. He didn't make any mistakes. Like, if that's the best thing you could say about the second pick in the draft, mm-hmm. like, that's a real concern. Like, that's not why you take somebody second overall. So to me, um, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I don't care what Robert Sala says. I just know, like, when you watch this game today, how they play offense will tell us everything we need to know about what they believe about Zach Wilson. We don't need Rich meeting to go. He doesn't have to submit his expense report. He can just <laughs> put his feet up on the couch, and what, what, and we'll, we'll know exactly what Robert Sala thinks because my sense of it, guys, is – they're going to take the ball out of his hands. They're going to be really conservative, and they're going to say, hey, you know what? We screwed up the last time because Mac Jones can't beat our defense, which I right now would agree with. I, I don't think Mac Jones is playing well, and I think the Jet defense is playing outstanding. So to me, I, I'm really fascinated by how the Jets offensively attacked the Patriots. So I, I'm really – I'm just so, – so with that being said, what do you think's going – if that's the case – and this, and, and Robert Sala and Joe D are like, we can't win with this kid. What, what, what are they thinking future-wise then? Yeah, it's what, called what the, they, uh, yeah. 
it, what it, are they thinking co- big picture, Mike? Yeah, that's easy. It, it's very easy. Every head coach and GM thinks this way. It, it's the NCAA tournament, guys. Survive and advance. That's all you're trying mm-hmm. to do. So you want to win enough games and build up enough goodwill that you can survive You know, a mistake with the quarterback. And the way you do that is you go to the playoffs. Seven teams from each conference now make it. And you go draft his replacement next year with a really good core of players. They had a really good draft by really like any sort of measurement this year. So, but you have to have enough equity to, to admit that. And you, the way you do that is you go win a game today, 17, 14, you take the running game away from the Patriots and you make Mac Jones beat you, which right now is, is a heavy lift, but I just don't think there's any way they're going to let Zach Wilson throw the ball all over the park today. I think it's going to be a very conservative offensive game plan. Do you outside, believe- outside of the, the play calling, right? How do you convince a kid, kid how do you how do you convince a player to be more conservative without taking away their competitive edge or their spirit like especially on the offensive side i have a feeling about how you could do it on the defensive side of the ball or just yell at him tell him hey just stay in your gap stop taking chances but uh what do you do for a quarterback how do you how do you get them to be conservative without taking away their competitive edge you know kiwi one of the great thrills of my career was watching rex ryan and mark sanchez's you know, formative years do exactly that. And our teams were similar. You know, we had a great defense. We wound up going to a couple championship games, and we were able to do that because the way Rex coached Mark, which was like, look, we believe in you, and the best chance to win this game is if you're us and you're watching the game and the other team can't score, you can't lose the game. So we're going to put you in red. Mark, red means if you're 100% sure that it's a completion, throw the ball. If you're not 100% sure, that's okay. That doesn't mean we don't believe in you. We just know that to win this game, we can't turn the ball over. And that mistake may be because the receiver ran the wrong route, they dropped the ball, the ball's tipped. But if we're playing this well on defense, like, you know, working with Rex guys, like I remember being in meetings where the special teams coach would talk about, you know, three or four different kickoff returns that he wanted to use, and Rex would literally interrupt Mike Westhoff and said, hey, you only need one. They're only mm-hmm. kicking off one time because they're not scoring. So we're not even practicing kickoff return this week. And Westhoff would get all upset. And, you know, But Rex, like, his bravado was so authentic and genuine, but that's how we won a lot of games. And we developed Mark into, you know, for a number of years, a really good NFL quarterback. So that's where Robert Sala has to evolve as a head coach, in my opinion, which is, you have to be the strategist. You have to be the CEO. You can't be the rah-rah, you know, just, you know, we're playing great defense. If you want to take the next step with your team and your career, you have to manage Zach Wilson and get the most out of him for this game. And when you have struggled as much as you have against Bill Belichick, and let's face it, so have a lot of other quarterbacks, the best way to do it to win this game is to rely on a defense that's really good that you guys built, you know, what's now a good, probably not great running game because you lost Brees Hall. But – that's still going to give you a better chance to win than what's been happening, which is him throwing multiple interceptions. So really quick before we take a break, because we're up against a break, you anticipate the Jets to draft the next heir apparent at quarterback? I anticipate the Jets doing the right thing at the end of the season when they have all the information. And again, let's go back to Daniel Jones for a second. Like, Take Daniel Jones's decision-making and play this year and put it on the Jets, and we'd be talking about the first-place New York Jets. Um, and that's Hands just- down. Right, Hands down. exactly. So, like, we go back to Kiwi's feelings last, you know, you know, uh, segment where we had to make sure like every player feels great. Like, that's why you have to franchise Daniel Jones because <laughs> could you imagine if you're the owner of the New York Giants or the GM of the New York Giants and he leaves and he has a, a great career with the Jets? Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine a, a worse case. It's one thing for Leonard Williams to go back and forth. Leonard Williams is a good player, but that's not going to change 
you know the tra- the trajectory of either franchise. My point is that's why Daniel Jones has to get paid by the Giants because I would, in a heartbeat, if I'm the Jets, go sign Daniel Jones. Take him with that defense. Look out. Quick break. We come back. It's our score predictions leading into, of course, your Jets pregame show with Dan Grasso and Greg Buttle. Stay tuned for that. 90.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Who's going to win? Let's do some predictions. That's right. Uh, by the way, uh, before we get to our predictions, guys, uh, the World Cup is about to kick off in uh, just about seven minutes. Uh, I'm sure you guys heard the rumors out there. Allegedly, got to use that word. Um, Qatar has um, a few Ecuadorian players uh, over $7 million to throw the match. So I, I just put $10 down on, on Qatar to win at, at plus 285, just buying into, uh, you know, the, the shadiness of the, of, of FIFA. <laughs> the whole, the whole thing. Yep. No, 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 not the whole thing. Don't, t- today's match. No, you can bet Qatar is going to win it. The, sh- the shadiness of the whole thing, but yeah, I get it. Oh, the whole, sh- the shadiness of the whole thing. I, I mean, just the mere fact that now they've banned beer at the 11th hour, I mean, like, imagine all the people that made the trip out there, and now they're like, what do you mean we can't drink beer at the stadium? <laughs> anyway, um, interesting to see how this first match goes. Really exciting. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, the United States takes on Wales. Uh, so that's going to be a good one. Um, I like the under there, but you've, that's, it's like minus 200. You've got to lay $200 down to win $100. So it's a lot of juice to put down. But nonetheless, we are talking football, and we're giving you our predictions for both the Giants and the Jets game. Guys, let's start with the, the, the Giants at home hosting, of course, the, uh, the, the, the Lions, and they're favored by three. A lot of people are perplexed by that, that line. Um, but, Mike, let's start with you. What's your score and why? I like the Giants uh, 28-25. I think it's a little bit of a higher scoring game because, again, uh, as our own Jordan Renan pointed out, you know this is the first top 10 passing offense the Giants are going to face. I think – both teams are going to be able to score. The Lions' defense isn't very good, and you know this will be another somehow, some way game that the Giants figure out to win. Kiwi. Yep, I'm on board. I had 27-24, uh, very similar. Another close game. They'll, they'll squeak it out. Uh, we'll still be here next week talking about how they need to play a complete game and not rely on turnovers and and whatnot. But they'll get this win. Um, I, I'm on board with the Giants as well. I've got 28-17. 
uh, for this Giants team. Uh, again, I, I shared this earlier. I thought it was pretty interesting. My dogs are in agreement with me as well, as you can hear them in the background. Um, this is a Lions team. They've won their last two games. They were outscored. I'm sorry. They, they weren't outscored. They were obviously they weren't outscored. They were they both the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears put up more yards against them in each game. But you had, of course, Aaron Rodgers throwing three interceptions, and you had uh, Justin Fields with the pick six, which was the, uh, the the difference maker in in why Detroit won. I just don't see the Giants making those those mistakes, especially Daniel Jones doing an excellent job protecting the football this season. Only two interceptions on the year, so um, so big reason why I like the Giants twenty eight seventeen. Mike Jets, what's your score and why? I gotta go Patriots here twenty to seventeen. Um, until I see Zach Wilson beat the Patriots, I just don't believe it and. For the Jets to win, this is going to have to be like a 10-6 game. Um, and again, I'm just fascinated to see how um, how they attack, especially early in the game when it's early, when it's an even sort of low-scoring aspect, like first, second quarter. Uh, I'm really curious to see how the Jets uh, attack the Patriots. Kiwi, got to make it quick. Yep. No, I'm going with the Jets, 24-20. No statistical reasons for it. Uh, just believe in this team and the momentum that they have, Robert Sala and the words that he's got. I think this is going to be a, a, one of those inspirational games that doesn't fit the stat line. Um, I'm going Jets. I- I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going I'm going Patriots <laughs> Pat- Patriots 17-13. The officiating crew is Carl Sheffers. Um, the Jets are first in roughing the passer penalties. They're also first in, in unnecessary roughing, roughing penalties. And Carl's officiating crew uh, throws the most flags in regard to those, those two type of penalties. Just FYI. Um, want to remind you. to make the omelet, though. <laughs> I want to remind you, uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management for a pain-free life. Visit SamuelPain.com. Also by the Weisman Bourbon from Kentucky Owl. Please enjoy responsibly. Um, and Tullamore Dew, as well as FW Wub, Will McLean. Guys, thank you. Always great waking up and doing the show with you on Sunday mornings. Uh, of course, we've got Harvey and Tom producing the show. Stay tuned. Uh, you've got your... Uh, Jets pregame show with Dan Gross and Greg Buttle coming your way next right here on 90.7 ESPN.